Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And it is our November Three Things episode. I'm into three things. Me too. I love it. I'm so excited. And it seems like people are into three things because it was one of our most popular episodes. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, best news ever because it's very easy to prep for and also very fun. Shall we unveil our three things at the top of the episode so people can get a lay of the land and plan if they want to skip around? Yes. Also, we were just talking before we hit record, but I think we have one of the things as the same thing. I assume. So my first thing is the thing I think we both want to talk about, which is Midnight's. Sure is. (laughs) I love it. My second thing is, so last time I talked about books I liked in high school, I've now reread one of them and I want to talk about why I think I liked it so much. Okay. Uh, The Awakening. And my third thing is a podcast I really like in, in an effort to to present something that is helpful for people. Like you brought the New York Times article last time. And it is a podcast that Anderson Cooper has called All There Is. Okay. So those are my three things. Okay. What are yours? So in addition to Midnight's, I would like to talk about making a plan to vote for the midterm elections. Oh, See, that's a great one. And then I would like to come up with a definitive ranking of Thanksgiving foods. Mm, All right. Okay. I love this. It's a good balance. Yep. But before we get into our two and a half things each, because one of them is a shared thing, (laughs) shall we do some highs and lows? Sure. Tell me your high. So I was in Hudson this weekend. It's not Spain, finally. (laughs) I was in Hudson this past weekend for Rachel's birthday with three other friends, and I'd never been to Hudson before. You've spent a lot of time there, right? Yeah, I was actually just there weekend before this past weekend. Oh, okay. So we're like crossing paths. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Hudson. It is so cute. It was so idyllic. I loved it. I was at drinks last night with my friend Lydia, and we were talking about how we could create a Golden Girls situation to split an upstate house four ways with like a bunch of girls and have a house up there because it's, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. Just like the little town is so cute. The restaurants were so good. I was disappointed. I did not run into Dan Humphrey's mom. (laughs) That's Gossip Girl, right? Yeah. Because isn't she in Hudson? I guess. I don't know. I never really watched. What? I know. I know. I know. That's actually shocking. I, it was, I don't know Because if I was in late college, you would have been in early high school. And I feel like that would have been the peak time to get obsessed with Gossip Girl. To be honest, if I had to guess, I probably thought I was too cool for it or something. It's too cool for you. Gossip Girl was the (laughs) peak of cool. I know, but maybe that's why. I don't know. I I have no idea. I watched it on and off, but I wasn't like a diehard fan. But anyway. This is surprising. Anyway, the town of Hudson is my high in the upstate fall vibes. I saw you went to Feast and Florette, which Jake and I went there for dinner, and it was like the most cozy, delicious, wonderful experience when we were in Hudson. I think that was our top meal. And then we also had drinks and a Choco Taco at the Maker Hotel Lounge, which was my other favorite place. Oh, oh my gosh. So when we went last February, we stayed at the Maker, which was like a huge splurge. But that place is 
glorious. I would love to go and stay there. Is that what we should do for our podcast anniversary trip is go stay at the maker? Not no. I mean, I'd, I'd be down. I'd be down. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Oh my God. Can you imagine? They did. They did right back when I tagged them in in my story. Oh, you know, so I'm doing better there than I am with polar seltzer, which is a low bar. (laughs) When you, okay. So when you stay there, you, you like obviously get in the bed and you're like, oh my God, this is the most incredible bed. And then you're like, I wonder where I can get these linens, this mattress. Don't worry. You can buy it through their iPad that they have in the room. And I swear to God, the pillows were something crazy, like $5,000. I'm exaggerating, but it was like the most absurd over-the-top prices for linens, which I was like, well, this was extremely expensive. So it's worth it. It's uh, I really do want to stay there. This might, we might have to circle back to this. Okay. I would love to. I would love to. Tell me your high. Uh, my high was Jake went camping over the weekend and hiking. Um, so I was on my own for most of Sunday and for Saturday. And I had something crazy, like 3000 emails <laughs> in my what? inbox. I was behind on like 12 different stories, just like barely keeping my head above water. So I let myself sit on the couch the whole weekend and I just played TV in the background and I just basically worked, which I don't really condone or recommend working on the weekends, but it was really nice just to like have mindless TV playing in the background. I watched two Lifetime fall movies or Hallmark. Ooh. A good one I would recommend is called October Kiss. A bad one I would not recommend under any circumstances is called Pumpkin Pie Wars. <laughs> Sorry, tongue twister. It sounds pretty bad from the name alone, but I don't know that October Kiss sounds good, so I don't know that the name is telling. On paper, they're both bad, but if you have to choose one, they're both on Amazon Prime streaming. So, you know, you're welcome. But yeah, and then I watched a lot of Gilmore Girls. So it was it was like a cozy, nice weekend. I was completely burnt out by Monday because of the work. But other than that, it was nice. That's so hard when you work on the weekend and then you get to Monday and you're like, I'm broken. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'll start the week fresh. And then I just like was a zombie for all of Monday. But, you know, oh, lesson learned. What's your low? I don't have a real low, but... I did have something funny just happen that I thought people would laugh with me about. So I'm obsessed with my nails. I'm so into nail art. My nails are really long and luxurious. I can't type for shit right now. Like (laughs) I, everything's a typo. And I think it's the combination of having a new phone. So my autocorrect is off plus the nails. But everything I type, like two in the afternoon, looks like I'm blackout drunk, typos everywhere. (laughs) And I just responded to an email on my phone and I typed cunt me in instead of count me in. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's, that's not. Yeah, that's that's pretty much as bad as it gets with the typo, I guess. <laughs> so, I mean, it's my own fault. It's not a real low. I feel like after this manicure, I need to cut them to a more reasonable length and be like, cool, you still have nails, but you can't have these like diva long nails (laughs) there I whenever I've had acrylics I'm always like I feel reborn when I get them off and then I can type again I'm like wow why did I ever not live this way but they look really good so yeah someone out there is cunting me in oh well words to live by really truly my new life motto (laughs) what's your low my low is tiktok the app I just I didn't use it for like months and now I'm sucked back in and it's really just got its claws in me. Oh, that was me a couple weeks ago. Oh my God. It is like, I don't know. It's it's like a drug. It's like a drug yes. that makes me laugh and cry and 
believe conspiracy theories about Taylor Swift. So anyway, that's it. But not not a real low. So, you know, I'll take it. Let's take a quick ad break before we get into some things. So lately, I've been juggling what feels like a dozen different responsibilities and jobs and projects. And I've also been trying to, at the same time, prioritize making dinner every night. This is something that gives me a chance to truly unwind after work. It kind of feels like a commute, like that time where you really get to decompress from the day's task. But I still don't always feel like trying a new, fancy, really involved recipe after I've been working all day. And that's why I was so relieved when my HelloFresh order showed up the week before last. It gave me the opportunity to have that same time to unwind after work and prep dinner, but exactly zero of the really involved, really stressful steps that dinners sometimes take. So I've been traveling a lot this month. I'm gone every weekend in October, which is a very champagne problem, I know. But if there's one thing that tends to fall by the wayside when I travel and I don't have time to go to the grocery store on the weekend, it's cooking meals at home. And this is where HelloFresh comes in so handy for me because I get to pick my meals on the app. They show up. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I don't have to make any decisions the night of. And everything is pre-portioned. So I have the right amount of stuff and I have something delicious and easy to make because all of the recipes come together in about 30 minutes. I got my favorite recipe when I came back from Spain. The I think it's called the kickin' buffalo chicken cutlets or it's like a chicken breast. Anyway, and then there's like mashed potatoes on the side. Oh my God, it's my favorite. It's so good. So yeah, like coming back from vacation was stressful, but having HelloFresh really helped make sure that I didn't just fall into the takeout trap. The other thing that I really love about HelloFresh is that there's so much variety. There are more than 35 weekly recipes to choose from, so there's truly something for everyone, and you can easily customize your recipes by adding different proteins or sides, which I love. And I also love this because I found that prioritizing variety and eating different types of foods and different types of meals and cuisines is one of the biggest things that has helped Jake and I cut back on takeout this year. I really find that with HelloFresh, I try things that I wouldn't normally cook at home. Like I like to cook, but I'm not the most adventurous cook because I'm usually going for ease. So I cook kind of the same rotation of recipes. And so with HelloFresh, I like read it like a menu and I'm like, ooh, that sounds delicious. And they show (laughs) me how to do it with pictures. So I feel like I try things that I wouldn't normally make at home, which I really appreciate. So if you're busy and want to take grocery shopping off your list and try HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash BOP65 and use code BOP65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash BOP65 and use code BOP65 for 65% off plus free shipping. So shall we talk first about what everyone's talking about, which is midnights? Yeah, I feel like we have to talk about our mutual thing first. I feel like this will really hit for some people and then really be a turnoff for others. So, you know, each thing is like 10 minutes. So just skip ahead. Catch the next Yeah, feel free to skip ahead if you're not a... a Swifty or whatever. Well, first of all, I guess, Becca, would you consider yourself a Swifty? Like, where do you fall on the Taylor Swift fan spectrum? Okay. No, I would not consider myself a Swifty. I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift's music. I 
I definitely was like later to the fandom. I think I, the first album that I really was into was 1989. Um, And before that, I was aware of Taylor Swift, but it was too young. I felt like it was going to be too bubblegum. I was thinking of Love Story or, or something like that. So I really came in at 1989. I really liked Reputation. I went to a concert for Reputation, but I didn't have to buy the tickets. So I had free tickets through a friend, which was really fun. I loved Folklore and Evermore. And I feel like that was the soundtrack to my walking during the <laughs> pandemic. And I feel like that's when I truly like flipped from like, yeah, I casually like her music to like, oh, I am obsessed with her as a songwriter. I am like really into this. But the reason I would say I'm not a Swifty, I don't know if this is the criteria. I really love her music. I'm obsessed. I've listened to Midnight's probably 20 times already. And it's been out for a week. However, I don't care about the clues. The people who are searching for Easter eggs and searching for clues makes me roll my eyes. I think it's genius from a marketing perspective. However, I would say I get a lot of like fan theories and like Easter egg hunts on on TikTok. Like in my perception, 99% of the time they're wrong. Like that just seems so unfulfilling. I have no interest. Yeah. And also, like, what do you get for finding out sooner? You just, like, know that there's something coming that you can't listen to? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't – that doesn't speak to me. And then I really don't like the side of the internet that's, like, speculating about her personal life. Like, I really feel for her as a human being that she is the subject of such intense debate, and especially now that so much of that has shifted to be around her sexuality. Mm Mm-hmm. I will say with this album, I feel like she's leaned into it so hard that if she doesn't turn out to be some kind of queer, she's like maybe going to have hell to pay because she's like really, really appropriating queer references and and queer baiting, right? That's the phrase. And queer baiting as well. Yeah. So I have thoughts on that, but I, I, I think it's really unfair for the internet to be like, She's gay. Let me tell you why. Yeah, I agree with you. Where I definitely get sucked into the conspiracy theory videos. <laughs> Where are you as a fan? I am. I think I'm more of a fan than just like someone who would know a single or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like they heard one song, but I'm not a Swifty. I've never been to a concert. Like I would go if someone wanted to go with me. I would not pay like an absurd amount of money for seats or anything like that. I think I'm becoming an arena concert person after going to <laughs> Harry Styles. It was so fun. I'm very intrigued by the idea of going to Taylor Swift. I think Swift. I may be the only human being left on planet Earth that has not been to Harry Styles concert in the past six months. You missed Honestly, out. I, I mean, maybe there's still hope for me. I, But I think I've, I feel like I've been there because my TikTok algorithm is also all Harry Styles yep. videos. Sure. Like the ones where he's like looking into your soul and mm-hmm. I'm just watching like with this like wild grin on my face like a sociopath. So yeah, that that's where I land with her. But she's an, I think she's an incredible songwriter, like incredible best of this generation level songwriter. And I too have listened to Midnight's like a million times. So what do you think of Midnight's? Because what I'm gathering from the internet is that it's fairly split on whether people like it or dislike it. So my first listen through, I was kind of neutral. I was like, mm, nothing's really speaking to me. And then I listened to it again the next day and some some songs stood out to me. There were still songs that I absolutely hated, but then there, there were ones that I fell in love with. So 
Do you want to know my favorites? Yeah, I want to know your top three, and I want to know your bottom one. Okay. Oh, bottom one. That's hard. Okay, but top three. The bonus tracks, the 3 a.m. edition, I think is mm-hmm. what it's called. I always get this confused, but I think it's would have, could have, should have, or would have, should have, could have. Those that three one. words, yes, that one. The John Mara one. I think that is like prime, just everything about it, the bridge, the chorus. It is just like everything I love about Taylor Swift. It reminds me a lot of Red, which I am a huge Red fan. Well, there's also a lot of like religious imagery in it. Didn't you go to Christian school? Yes, yes. I grew up in... Well, I was raised Catholic, but I went to a evangelical Christian school. So that kind of like worked its way into my psyche Mm -hmm. for sure. And there was like a lot of like purity culture stuff as well. So I definitely related to that one. And I also had a, (laughs) I would not call it a relationship, but I had a thing (laughs) with someone. With John Mayer. It was with John Mayer. This is, I felt like this was a good time to segue into my relationship with John Mayer. Just six months into podcasting. Surprise, Mm -hmm. no. But I had something with this guy who was in his 30s and I was 19. And at the time, I think I would have said like, oh, I'm in total control of this situation. And like looking back, the power imbalance was such that like I never could have been. So it just really makes me think of that. But I also just think like, in terms of songwriting, it's incredible. Okay. And then I don't know about the other ones. Oh, Karma. That was one where I listened to it the first time, didn't think anything of it. And then I listened to it back and I was like, oh my God, I could listen to this a thousand times a day. I've listened to it on the treadmill on repeat. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh, I love it. And then Midnight Rain. Okay. My, the one I I hate, Vigilante shit. I hate it. Oh, interesting. But there's another one that I find really grating. It's not Snow on the Beach. Maybe it's You're on the, Your Own Kid. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So that's where I am. Okay. What about you? So I think my top is Question, which I just vibed with really hard oh, from the first one. listen. I So I agree. The first time I listened, I was like, interesting. I think I like the vibe of this. And then I the second time I listened, I listened and like looked at the lyrics in Spotify to like actually see yes. what it's saying. Yes. And like it started to click more. And like the more I listen, there are only two skips on the album for me. Like I everything is really Ooh, what are grown your skips? on the I'll tell you. Everything is Sorry. really grown on me. <laughs> tell me. Um so I think okay, question is my number one. I think my number two is Midnight Rain. Mm. Number three is really hard because I think a bunch of things could go into here. Like I really like whatever the woulda coulda shoulda. I really like um, I do really like Snow on the Beach. I like Maroon. I think I have to give it to Karma because it is yeah. so boppy. And oh, so, I was cooking so dinner the other night and I was just like fully dancing in my kitchen. Like I, the album, I really like that it's poppy. I know a lot of people are disappointed who really liked Folklore and Evermore and wanted more of that the cottagecore vibe. But I'm like, I like that this is a bop. Like I like that I'm like grooving as I go on my walk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh, it's so good. It's so good. And then my two skips, my bottom is uh, Labyrinth, which is growing on me, but okay, I don't love it. It's kind of not in my mind, so I guess it didn't make an mm-hmm. impact. And then Bigger Than the Whole Sky, which I know that anyone who's mm. had a miscarriage, which is what it's like purported I, or implies to be about, like I think anyone who has had that experience, really likes it. And and the song kind of does nothing for me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm kind of neutral on that one as well. But everything else, like at first, 
when I listened to Glitch, I was like, this is a stupid song. Why did this even make it to the album? And now I'm like, Glitch is a bop. Yeah. High Infidelity is also growing on me a lot. Yes. I don't know if you've I liked that, that from one. the very first one. Yeah. It's um it's it's been surprising how much it's grown on me. I feel like first of all, I really this is so stupid. I really like when a new album comes out because I feel really united with everyone. Like I feel like everyone I know is listening and like has opinions. So I really like that. I like being in the phase where I'm like, I don't even need a playlist with other songs in it. I just want to listen to this album on repeat. Yes. I'm fully in this phase. Like I'm like really happy as a clam. Yeah. I did an entire workout the other day, 30 minutes, just listening to Karma and would have could have should have. Just back to back. Okay, okay. Back to back. I was just picturing like John Mayer just, just, just suffering. No, no, no ill wishes to John Mayer. But I mean, we've all read Jessica Simpson's memoir, maybe. Do you have anything else to say about Midnight's? The only thing is that my TikTok algorithm also keeps serving me all these videos from people that are like either plus size or tall or both. And they're like, Taylor wrote this for us because oh, the, the sexy, sexy baby. baby monster thing. That song is clearly so about her being so absurdly famous that she doesn't feel like a real human being. She even said that in the announcement video of it. Well, also, I think it's a reference to a 30 Rock episode. Mm-hmm. Jenna is like trying to be perceived as younger than she is. Yeah. Like it's not I, just like her own verbiage i think it it is funny that people would think that taylor swift is like (laughs) living her life like wow i'm i'm so ugly or giant compared to everyone i'm like yeah she's tall but she went through a phase where she was only friends with supermodels and also (laughs) i don't i don't think that's what that is i get it but i just don't think that's what she's saying there i think there's something really funny about that lyric that she's at this point in her career and she's at this point at like such the peak of her fame where she's like I can do whatever I want I can have a lyric in my lead single that's just everybody's a sexy baby and people are gonna still like it people will love it yeah like if anyone other than like Beyonce or Adele did that I think the world would have a lot of thoughts oh yeah she can do whatever she wants I mean whatever she wants it's truly it's a Which, I mean, it kind of goes back to the queer baiting thing. I saw a lot of commentary before the album came out where people were like, if she doesn't address the rumors, which to be clear, I don't think she should have to. But a lot of people were like, if she doesn't do this, like she's going to get backlash. And I was like, okay, no, she's not. (laughs) She's never really going to get backlash for anything. And I don't know if she deserves to. I don't think so. But I don't know. It was just now that's all disappeared. Of course, all of that talk. Shall we move on into a next thing? Sure. What's your next thing? My next thing is making a plan to vote, which I wanted to talk about. And I will put myself on blast here. I feel so much less politically engaged right now than I did going into the 2020 election. I think I'm tired. There's more stuff because the pandemic isn't as shutdowny, the technical term. Um, <laughs> I'm tired of hearing all about it. I feel really hopeless. And I just feel like I've been tuning out a lot of what I'm seeing on social media just because there's like so much of it. And I realized that the election is November 8th. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so soon. So I want to talk about making a plan to vote. And I'll tell you what I did. And I'll tell you some resources. And I'll tell you, I don't know, things. And then I'm, I'm very curious about how you're feeling in your plan. Okay. Does any of that ring true for you? Do you feel as politically engaged as you did in 2020? 
Um, it's different. I, it is. It's. A, it feels like a very different landscape. But I did watch the debate briefly between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz, which if you're in Pennsylvania, I don't know if you guys know this, but Dr. Oz is running for Senate. The Dr. Oz of. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's a nightmare, but I do and I don't. I don't know. I have a plan. I know who I'm voting for, but yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to vote early. So in New York, you can start voting I believe early voting, it's 10 days before the election. So it's like late October is the first day you can vote. And so I'm going to go to vote. Well, when this episode airs, I may have already voted. Right now, my plan is to vote on November 1st. If you go to vote.org, there is an early voting calendar where it like gives you the information and it tells you how to find out where you vote and more information for every single state. I would rather just get it out of the way because what if what if it's raining on election day or... God forbid, what if I wake up and I have COVID and I like can't go? Or what if what if I'm some other kind of sick? Or what if I have a really unexpectedly hectic day? So I just I want to do it early and get it out of the way so that I know that I've I've voted and it's not hanging over me that day. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go in person. Our polling place is like very close. So I'm just, I like going in person. I find it very fun. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go in person too, but I'm going to go in person early. Oh, in person early. Okay. Sorry. I, for some reason I confuse that with mail-in. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm going to go in person. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what to expect with this round of things, but. Well, it's, I mean, a few things that I want to just bring up to plant seeds. I mean, first of all, I know you have Dr. Oz in New York. There's like a fair chance of a Republican governor. I saw that. I saw that today. And I was like, what? Which I didn't know until this week. Like, that's like kind of where I am on on the paying attention scale. So, you know, even if you're in a state that you're like, like New York, Mm -hmm. where you're like, it's a blue state, it doesn't even matter if I vote, it does. And then also, you know, making sure you vote all the way down the ballot, because a lot of things are decided by judges, by attorney generals, you know, so don't just vote for your Senate and House representatives and your governor, like vote all the way down the ballot. And I have heard, but I have not listened to it yet. I've heard that if you live in New York State, The Daily, uh, the New York Times podcast has a really great episode from this morning. So it's October 27th. And I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm going to. That breaks down a lot about the New York State races. Oh, I have to listen to that. I haven't yet today either. Yeah. All good points, though. Pennsylvania also has a the I can never say this. What is the word for governor? Gubber gubernatorial? Yes, that <laughs> race. And the Republican running was literally at the January 6th insurrection. So cool, cool, cool. yeah. And it's not not close. So I will be voting for Josh Shapiro and I hope other people do too. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone else is feeling similarly kind of not at their not at their their peak form politically. I just wanted to remind everyone. I mean, there's a lot at stake in terms of especially like reproductive rights and LGBT rights and who the hell knows what else is going to yeah. get taken away next. So, yeah. My fear is that this will be some sort of a wake-up call. <laughs> um and I hope that it doesn't need to be that. Like I hope yeah, we'll see. Great idea, making this your thing. Thanks. I love that. 
Thanks. I got really stressed about it earlier this week because I it snuck up on me. So I wanted to yeah. talk about it because we, you know, in 2020, we had a bad on politics series. Like, I just feel like everyone was like foot on the gas about like, we need to win. And this time I just feel like it's a lot less. And I don't know. I feel like I'm annoyed because, you know, like with all of the political emails and texts, they're share your email around. And I'm like, I don't even know who this is. I don't live in this state. How do you have my email address? Olivia, can I call you? And I'm like, no. Did you see? Oh, my God. There was a McSweeney's article where it was like, if I emailed my parents the way that political candidates email me. <laughs> I did see I did see the headline. I didn't read it or we'll, see it. But, we'll link yeah. it in the show notes. I like snort laughed. It's nonstop incessant every day, which I'm like, good for you guys doing your thing. I'm sure it makes a huge difference. I hope. But it just feels like it's been such a constant barrage almost Mm -hmm. since 2020 that it's like I've started to tune them out. Yeah. I think we're probably, I feel like 2020, all of us probably just burnt out so hard on like, which is obviously not the right thing. There's still so many fights to fight, but I mean, it was intense. It was like the most intense version of everything mm-hmm. for a year, basically. So go vote. Yes, vote. Voting's cool. And we can put some resources in the show notes, too. If yeah. That's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for different states and whatnot. Yeah. And again, if you if you want to know about early voting, vote.org has like a comprehensive list by state. It's super easy. And then it has the link to figure out where and when you vote. Awesome. What was your second thing? What was my second thing? Oh, my second thing was my um, thoughts after rereading The Awakening, which for those that don't know, it's a book that came out in the late 1890s. Okay. And it is by this woman named Kate Chopin. And it was so scandalous at the time that it was like banned from libraries and it And the author was kind of shunned from like polite society. She was so upset by this and hurt by it. And then she died. She never got to see it become popular, which now reading it, I'm like, the fact that this is scandalous is pretty funny. But basically, it's about a housewife living in New Orleans or outside of New Orleans. She has two children. And essentially, the whole book is just her being like, I don't like any of this. (laughs) I don't like this. I don't like my life. I don't like my husband. I don't want to like be a mother. I don't want to fit into this box. She like falls in love with two, with one person for sure. And then she has a thing with another guy, which I guess is the thing that makes it scandalous. But anyway, spoiler, it ends with her just walking into the ocean. Oh, or the bayou. Yeah. Um, And taking her own life. So yeah, there's a lot happening there. So I know this book was really important to you when you were a teenager. Was this an assigned book at your school or this was something you just picked up because you were an intellectual teenager? It definitely wasn't assigned, but it may have been like, you know, open choice. You can choose from this book of like a hundred books. Something like that seems right to me. And I just remember really loving it and reading it back. I was really the whole time trying to be like, what is it about teenager Olivia that loved this? And did you feel like it was scandalous from today's lens or no? You were like, this is so chaste. No, 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 (laughs) no. I mean, there's like one scene where it's like, 
not it's not even sensual. It's like he kissed my shoulder <laughs> and I was undone. It's like it's stuff like that. It's like everything is implied, nothing is explicit. I don't know. There's like not a lot of character development. It's just kind of like she which I kind of found surprising, but the character is just like I I just feel this way. And everyone's like, but why? And she's like, I don't know. I just feel this way. And I kind of wonder if maybe that's what I liked about it. Like as a teenager who had a very strong sense of self, but really felt like I couldn't express it very well. And I felt like I didn't have the tools to, I, maybe I, I don't know, maybe I just liked the idea that a woman could just be like, yeah, this is how I feel. And I don't have to give you an explanation. (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of, my experience. It was really interesting though. I highly suggest you choose something from that you read in high school and reread it. Did you enjoy it or was it just nostalgic? Um, I didn't love it, mm-hmm. but I, I did enjoy it. And there were certain lines that really stuck out to me. Like there's this one line that I shared on Instagram that people seemed to like. It was basically her talking to another woman and was like, I would give up my life for my children. I would give up my money, but I wouldn't give up myself. And the other woman's Mm. like, yeah. And, uh, the other woman doesn't get it. And she's like, I don't, you know, I don't know how to explain to you that this is the biggest thing you can give away. And I refuse to do it. And that really spoke to me too, as you know, someone who thinks about having kids or is scared about having kids. And I wonder if I even noticed that as a teenager or, Yeah. Anyway, it was really interesting. And so those are some of my thoughts. Okay. Let's take another ad break. You've been hearing me sing their praises for years. Olivia's a convert now. And if you haven't tried it, I don't know what you're waiting for. Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. I've been using their custom shampoo and conditioner for, I think, three years now, and my hair has never looked better. Seriously, it's been a full hair transformation in terms of the thickness of my hair and then also just like my overall hair health and condition, like the shine breaks less easily, full 180. Absolutely. Yeah. I am definitely a believer now. I have my two bottles sitting in my shower. I love seeing them. I absolutely love the smell. Both of us have the Corsica scent. It is seriously the most like elevated, luxurious scent. It it reminds me of perfume or something, or just like an expensive linen store. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I love it. Honestly, it's been a little bit since I've gotten my hair done, and I feel like the way that Pros makes my hair feel and look when I style it is so good that I can go longer between hair appointments in terms of getting cut and color. It might just all be in my head because my hair looks better than normal, but I, I've i been loving that as well. If you're curious, the process all starts with their in-depth hair quiz, and to date, they've given over 1 million consultations. So they ask you about your hair goals, your styling routine, and they dive really deep into everything from your eating habits to your exercise routine so they can analyze over 85 personal factors to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Pros is a carbon-neutral certified B Corp and an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. They're also cruelty-free. And if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've had, they'll take the products back with no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. 
Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash BOP. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash BOP for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Let's talk about my third thing next, and then we'll end with Thanksgiving. Please. Mine is quick and yours is way more fun. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so I had a recommendation for people and that is Anderson Cooper's podcast, All There Is. It is a podcast that's all about grief. So he interviews different people about losses they've had in their own lives and how they've dealt with it, how they've processed it. Uh, what's helped them, what hasn't. And he talks a lot about the death of his father who died of, I believe, heart disease when Anderson was 10. And then his brother who died by suicide when he was, when Anderson was 21, his brother was, I think, 23. And then his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt, died recently. So he's kind of like the last one standing, he says often. Anyway, it's just really, really incredible and thoughtful and made me think about how I interact with loss and also other people going through loss in totally different ways. Anyway, so I just want to do a quick plug for it. I really like it. Is it totally, is it like inspirational and uplifting or is it sad and going to make me cry? It is definitely emotional. Like I cried in most episodes but it's more it's more like human interest. It's more okay. about how people have dealt with it than like just like trauma porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it's funny too. He interviews Molly Shannon in one episode who I didn't realize this, but she lost her mom and her little sister in a car accident that she oh, was wow. in when she was really little. So just hearing how people have like carried these experiences through their lives is just like fascinating to me. But like I, I listen to it after dinner and it doesn't like bring me down. It honestly makes me feel, I don't know, more like alive in a way. Well, I was asking, and we can talk about this more in the book section, but I read We All Want Impossible Things, which you so highly recommended and had basically a full emotional breakdown. So I'm just kind of gauging <laughs> how hard this will break me um, to uh, decide yeah. if I can handle it. Yeah, I would take it episode by episode for sure. It's emotional, definitely. Okay. But- Beautiful, too. Yeah. For a lighter thing to end on, let's talk about Thanksgiving food. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure how we should do this. I feel like doing an on-the-spot ranking is too hard. Maybe we say a food and then we have to say, love it, meh, could live without it. Okay. Do you have a better idea? I was going to ask if you have like a Thanksgiving food hot take to just start out spicy from the get-go. Like, let's make everyone angry. I don't think it's a hot take, but I think it's a... It's a warm take. Okay. A warm take. We love a warm take. Fuck turkey. I'm with you. Fuck turkey. Worst Thanksgiving food. Yeah. I think turkey is the worst part of the meal. And I think I would rather have any other meat than turkey. The only time I'm like, yeah, Thanksgiving turkey is good is when it is used in a sandwich with all of the other Thanksgiving things around it. Like a leftover Thanksgiving sandwich. Have you ever had this? You yeah. put the cranberry, you put the stuffing, you yeah. put the other things. But that's it. I'm with you. I, I would rather have a plate of leftovers that doesn't involve the turkey. Okay. What's your, that's do you fair. have a Thanksgiving hot take? I don't like turkey really either. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'll eat it. But 
If I had to eliminate something, I would eliminate the turkey. Yeah, it's a waste of stomach space. Why have turkey when you have so many delicious sides? I feel like we're all lying to ourselves as a nation. We don't need the protein. No. Let it go. Let it go. Also, it's like so fussy to cook. Like, why are you going through all that trouble for something that's like like, mediocre? Let's rise at dawn and stick our hand inside this dead bird. No thanks. Pass. Pass, pass, pass. I think uh, as a tradition, we should just move on. What's your number one Thanksgiving food? Stuffing. Yep, me too. How? Look at us. So aligned. (laughs) We're aligned on the important things. So um, (laughs) what kind of stuffing? Like who makes it? So my dad, he cooks all of the things. But I think he makes it like he's made it from scratch. And then Mm -hmm. he's also made it just from the box. And I just like the stovetop stuffing. I like that too. I I make stuffing. I'm always the person who makes stuffing and I have okay. a recipe that I really, really like. It's a completely different food than box stuffing, which is also valid and delicious in its own way. Thank you. I make, it's this Epicurious recipe. We'll link it in the show notes. It's like Italian style stuffing kind of. So it's oh, sourdough I'm bread. Of this, I'll be honest. Okay. It's like sourdough bread and then it's I think the recipe calls for sweet Italian sausage, but I always use hot Italian sausage. Mm, and the okay. recipe uses too much sausage. I cut it in half. It is its own meal. It has its pro- it has a protein in it. Oh, that's good. It's my favorite thing. It's so good. It sounds good. It's so good. I'm actually really disappointed because I think I'm doing restaurant Thanksgiving this year. My aunt is coming to visit, and I think we're going to go out to a restaurant. But I think maybe sometime between now and Thanksgiving, I will have to make the stuffing and just like live off of it for a week actually this is really strange but i was at a food lion in the outer banks in north carolina and out of nowhere the cashier just goes i I just had some stovetop stuffing for dinner last night i was like i support you and then i left and that was it that was the only part of our interaction and i was like are you talking to me but she was Hmm. and i was like i like it just an off-season stuffing moment yeah, I, I feel like stuffing is relegated to only Thanksgiving, and it's one of my favorite foods. And I don't know why there's not more year-round stuffing occasions. It's also a food that, like, as a concept, seems horrible. It's essentially what soggy. What about it seems soggy, horrible? It's soggy bread. Yeah, but then you bake it. Baked soggy bread does you, not sound you good like in re-crisp it. as a concept. I mean, it's delicious. Justice for food. stuffing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do love it. I'm just questioning how we as a people got to the point where we were like, first soak the bread. Soggy bread is one of the world's least appealing textures. But I mean, it is good. Are you done besmirching stuffing? (laughs) I'm sorry. You look so mad. I apologize. I take it back. What's your number two Thanksgiving food? I... Can I say rolls? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I think rolls. Okay. I like. I love like a, a Pillsbury crescent roll. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Mashed potatoes. Mm, Definitely okay. mashed potatoes. I I do like the powder flake kind. Rachel and I went away for Thanksgiving a few years ago. We were both on our own, and we were in Palm Springs, and she made these like gorgonzola mashed potatoes that were oh. fully the best thing I've ever had. I don't know which recipe, but if you Google, there's like a bunch of them. Oh, my God. I mean, they were so rich. It was so good. Okay. Okay. Again, a little skeptical, but I trust you. What are you going third place? 
here's a random one. Mm-hmm. A random one. Mm-hmm. Sauerkraut. I don't consider that a Thanksgiving food, but I'm happy for I you. I know, but for some reason we always had it. I have absolutely mm-hmm. no idea why. And I freaking love sauerkraut. And I just feel like it should be served as a side more often. Okay. Yeah. What's your third? My third would be the vegetable. And mm. I have some thoughts on what I'd like it to be. Okay. I like Brussels sprouts and I like like a really decadent Brussels sprout dish that like has bacon in it and is like deeply, deeply caloric, even though it is a green vegetable. Of course. So that would be my first choice. I also will accept green beans, but I will not accept green bean casserole. I do not like the cream of mushroom, green bean casserole with the French's onions on top. So it has to be like fresh, blanch mm. sauteed green beans. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good choices. So, I mean, I feel like we could go on for days, but like it's getting long. Like what, what three foods are you kicking, banishing from Thanksgiving? Turkey. Yep. That's really it. Oh, wow. Okay. Everything else I'm kind of neutral on. Okay. How about you? Turkey for sure. Buy turkey. I would also banish pumpkin pie. That's a personal oh, preference. I don't That's think that one. pumpkin pie is like universally a terrible food. Like I think that turkey is like if you like Thanksgiving turkey, you're wrong. Uh, yeah. But, you know, pumpkin pie is not for me. So I would happily get rid of that. And then I think I would get rid of yams. Like, I just don't think I need mm. a sweet thing with my dinner. Right. I, I feel that. I feel that. Okay. I'm glad we're so aligned here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we are on the same page. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I am going to South Carolina to see my parents. And I actually think Jake's parents might come too. So it's like a in-laws. Oh, that's interesting. Have you ever done Thanksgiving yeah. together? Like, how do your traditions no. match? Oh, we well, don't Jake's know. family is not a big Thanksgiving family. They don't really do much for Thanksgiving. Hmm. So my parents have this new house. My dad is like deeply obsessed with cooking. So we're going to see how it goes. Okay. What are you doing? Uh, my aunt is coming to New York and I don't know where we're going to go yet, but I think we're going to make a dinner reservation oh, yeah. somewhere. And oh, I think cool. Rachel is possibly going to be here. And so she might come and her mom also might come down from Massachusetts. So. We'll oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that we know how we both feel about midnights and turkey and... And voting. Voting. <laughs> and I guess only one of us has feelings on Anderson Cooper and <laughs> The Awakening. It's very specific. It's very specific. I think you're going to find... I think in the comments section, you're going to find camaraderie. Oh, great. Should we get into some end matter, though? Yeah. Tell me about your obsession. Yes. So I have been meaning to read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert for years. And I know you love this book and you reread it every year. I didn't realize that it was your first time. I know you've said that to me and it just like must have gone in one ear and out the other. But when I saw you were reading this on Instagram and we like had a brief exchange about it, I am like so jealous that you're reading it for the first time because I feel like your life is changing. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel that way for you. I feel like it is finding me at exactly the right time in my life when I need it the most. And I'm using it as like my after dinner book. I have these different pens and I'm highlighting different things I like, but there's this one quote from it that I really loved and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but basically she says, you can measure your worth, not by your successes or failures, but by your commitment to your own path. Commitment might not be the right word, but 
I loved that because I feel like I'm very prone to like have these goals. And if I don't meet them or if I'm not making a certain amount of money that I'm like, okay, like I'm worthless. <laughs> but I love this idea of just doing your own thing and focusing on yourself as like the goal in and of itself. And I found it really powerful. So I thought I would share it with you all. I am so excited for my January reread. I reread every year at the top of the year. And I've probably read it like four times now. And I get something out of it every time. Like I never read it and I'm like, eh. Yeah, I get that now. I was before I was like, okay, I believe you, but we'll see. And now I get it. And so when I finish reading it, we'll have to talk about it more on the podcast because Please. it's just full of gems. You also have to go back and listen to the episode we did with Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes, it I was, was about to bring that up. fully life-changing. Like she just it's is amazing. such a magical human. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I definitely will. What's your obsession? Oh, so while I was in Hudson, I got these new hand towels. So Hudson has this like main street with all of these super cute little stores. There's a lot of like home goods stores, clothing stores, furniture stores. Anyway, I got these towels and they're from Bagu, the the brand that does the reusable shopping bags. I had no idea that they made other things. Becca, I think I have these. Wait. Because I have hand towels from Bagu. Oh my God, I would die. We have to, I'm going to show you which ones I have and we'll, we'll send them to me. Compare notes. They have like a bunch of, I sent Olivia a link. Do we have the same ones? Oh no, we don't have the same ones. Which ones do you have? I have the floral. I have like five different ones. Oh my gosh. One of them is the floral set. The last oh, wait, one? No, I don't have the hand towels. I have Bagu. They're like kitchen towels. Reusable cloths. I guess that's what they are. Yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, we're both Bagu fans. Well, I have these towels. They're very cute. They're like kind of retro swirlies. There's one that's chartreuse and light pink. And then there's one that's medium pink and olive green. It sounds ugly, but I think they're really cool. I'm thinking about getting, they have bath towels too. They're such good quality. The towels are so yeah. thick and fluffy. Oh, I need new towels so badly. I'll check those out. I love Bagu. Like, I like everything they make. I had no idea that they make stuff other than reusable bags. So much. They make sheets and bedding. Wow. And just, yeah, all kinds of the cutest patterns of all time. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to have to look more into this. What about reading? What have you been reading? I am currently in the middle of reading like five different things. And I try to only talk about books that I have finished here, or at least that's my new goal. So I, I have nothing. And I already talked about The Awakening, but I'm really excited to hear about yours. So I I feel like I've gotten my reading groove back. I was in a really deep reading rut in September and October. And I finally this week have like reclaimed my reading. Oh, good. So I finished The Arc, which is what I was reading last week. That's the kind of satire about New York startup culture and dating. And I really enjoyed it. It's really interesting that I don't think it got that much buzz because what it really reminds me of, it reminds me of a U.S. version of Ghosts by Dolly Alderton. The writing mm. feels like very similar in terms of like how witty it is and how sharp and detailed. And I'm like, everyone loved Ghosts. This is slightly different. That one's obviously about getting ghosted. This is, one is about this like fake dating service, but they're both about modern dating and relationships, women in their 30s and what they want. And I'm like, I don't know why this is more popular. I really enjoyed this and I highly recommend it. And I doubly recommend it if you've ever worked 
for a startup or if you've ever worked for like a creative slash ad agency. So yeah, hidden gem. Then I can't defend this choice, but I needed <laughs> I needed to know what happened in It Starts With Us, which is confusingly the sequel, the second book <laughs> that comes so after confusing. it ends with us. It was, uh-oh, <laughs> fine. It was, you know, it, I think it was better than it ends with us. Okay. Wow. Interesting. There was less Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Good. There was less Ryle. And more Atlas. What a terrible name. It did not, however, cross over the threshold for me to be actually good. Okay. But somehow I still whipped through it because I needed to know what happened. And like that is the kind of book where I can't really like defend it. But like when I'm in a reading rut, I feel like that type of book is like all I can get through. I totally get that. But I needed to know, especially because I just read It Ends With Us so recently. I didn't read it until I read it. I don't think I will, I but I don't know, okay. Olivia. You're not, I, sell- you're not selling it. <laughs> I am so perplexed about the sales of this book, and I know other people must enjoy it. And I think there's part of me that's contrarian who's like, if people like it this much, like I can find something wrong with it. But it's not hard to find something wrong with it, to be clear. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so muddled. <laughs> I get it. It's confusing because it's confusing. the opposite thing happens to me too, where I won't like with one of her books, I'll be like, I don't get that. And then I'm like, well, something must be wrong with me <laughs> because everyone else is losing their shit. You know, it is what it is. So <laughs> I read that and then I decided that I wanted to do some emotional cutting. And so I picked up We All Want Impossible Things by Catherine Newman because you had raved about this book. It comes out November 8th. And this is the book that Olivia read when she was at the beach about two best friends, one of whom is dying in hospice of ovarian cancer. I knew that this book was going to destroy me. I have spent significant time in hospice with two close family members. Anything about death from cancer just, you know, touches me at at a deep Mm -hmm. place. I started crying on page five. (laughs) and didn't stop basically I just sobbed through the whole thing it was so but I still recommend it like it was Mm -hmm. so beautiful and accurate and touching and funny and I I loved the writing it's really short it's like 200 pages because I don't think it could be any longer because oh my gosh it's so intense yeah But I just basically kept up a constant stream of tears through the whole book. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm glad you liked it because it is tough to read. And, you know, especially if you have personal experience with that stuff. We absolutely cannot do it as a book club pick because I do not think that I could even talk about it without (gasps) crying. You're welcome. You're welcome to recruit a guest co-host and do it. But I like I (laughs) don't know. I could not reread it, and I don't even know that I could talk about it without just like, Olivia, I wasn't like delicately crying like Victorian lady with a handkerchief. I was like, oh, yeah, I, get it. I was sobbing at the end. I mean, I was on the beach and I thank God I had sunglasses because I was literally like my body was shaking. I was crying so hard. But the only reason why I wanted to do this as a book club pick is because I'm like, I think I want everyone to read it because I thought it was so beautiful. And I want to advocate for it, but I can I do not have the emotional <laughs> strength as lo- to as revisit long as you it. Liked it. 
I loved it. As long it. as you will join me in advocating it. for it. Okay, Yes, great. I loved it. I will advocate for it. But like. That's fair. I respect that. I have gone on this harrowing journey and I like cannot go on it a second time. I, I understand that. Without losing my shit balls. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm glad you read it once. Um, so now I, I don't know what I'm going to read next, but it needs to be something lighter because that was, and I read it yeah. over, I, I like, once I started reading it, I was like, I need to finish this as fast as possible to like get through it because I'm enjoying it. But also because I just like, I can't sit in this state for this long. Mm-hmm. So I also read it in like less than 24 hours. It's intense. Definitely choose something a little more, a little lighter. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So that's what we have for you. If none of those struck your fancy, we also have our November book club pick, which is our last book club of the year because we're only doing two episodes in December so we can take some holiday time off. Um, Our book club for November is The Cloisters by Katie Hayes. I'm really excited to talk about this one. It's so atmospheric and it's like so perfectly fall, in my opinion. It's just like a perfect fall book. It is about a a woman who's recently graduated from college and gets a prestigious job working at the Met Museum in New York, and she gets assigned to work at the Met Cloisters. She kind of gets sucked in to the drama of the staff of the Met Cloisters, um, but then also sucked into the hunt for the world's first tarot deck. So there's like a little bit of a historical mystery in it as well, even though it all takes place in present day. And... It gives dark academia vibes without being quite academia because it's a museum, not a school. But like if you like anything in that realm, I think you'll really like this. I'm looking forward to reading it. If you want to talk about any of this or tell us about your favorite Thanksgiving food, you can find us in the Bad on Paper Facebook group. You can find me on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And we are collectively on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.